Welcome to Taiwan on Air, 空中直播台湾 Hello, everyone. This is T Han Chang, Zhang Bihan, one of the hosts of our Taiwan on Air podcast series, sponsored by Spotlight Taiwan Project from the Ministry of Culture, as well as European Associations of Taiwan Studies. And today, we are here for a book chat. Our guest today is a renowned Taiwanese ocean writer, Mr. Liao Hongji. Mr. Liao resides in Hualien. He is the author of many important literary works on Taiwan's oceanscapes and marine biodiversity, including Taohairen Fisherman, Jingsheng Jingshi, The Life Story of Whales and Dolphins, Heichao Piao Liu, Drifting with Kuroshiwa Current, and Zuihou's Haishangliren, The Last Hunter on the Sea. Atypical as a writer, at age 35, Liao decided to completely change what he did in life in order to become a professional fisherman. To me. Liao didn't become a fisherman, but more of a fishman. This is a wordplay in Chinese, as both fisherman and fishman sounds the same. In his writing, we can see there is naturally disposed affection towards the living beings that he encounters in ocean. And of course, Liao's contribution to Taiwan is limited to his literary creations. In 1996, he organized the Taiwan Cetacean Survey Group to conduct marine ecology research on whales and dolphins. Further documenting important cetacean species in Taiwan's nearby water territory. Later, he also funded the Kuroshiwa Ocean Education Foundation, which promotes eco-friendly cetacean watching and its knowledge transference. Since then, I believe, continues to dedicate his lifelong research and writing about the ocean, aiming to establish、uh, a kind of oceanic narrative for Taiwan. So, I very much like to welcome him to tell us about his relationship with the ocean. As well as a couple of his books, and to accommodate also our English-speaking audience, we also invite Fei Fei Zhang, Fei Fei Zhang, a Soas PhD student and a professional Chinese-English interpreter, to be here with us and help us translating the interview. 大家好，我是张碧涵，空中直播 Podcast 其中一位节目主持人。很荣幸我们这个 Podcast 今年有台湾文化部光点计划以及欧洲学术协会的赞助支持。今天我们很荣幸请到台湾知名的海洋文学作家廖洪基老师来接受我们的访问。廖洪基老师居住于花莲，他的代表性作品主要有关于台湾的海洋生态，其中包含《好海人》《今生今世》《黑潮漂流》以及最后的《海上猎人》等等。跟许多传统作家不一样的地方是，廖老师他在三十五岁时毅然决然地改变他的生命路径，立志成为职业的讨海人。但对我来说，廖老师并没有成为渔人，我这里说的渔人是指三点水，呃，渔夫的渔的那种渔人，反而成为了真正的鱼跟鱼结合为一体的渔人。从他的作品当中，我们可以显而易见的是他对海里生物那种和善的态度以及温暖的想象。当然，廖老师对于台湾的贡献不仅仅于此。1996年，他也组成台湾首次的鲸豚物种生态组织调查，进一步为台湾沿海记录鲸豚的踪迹。之后。他也成立了呃黑潮文教基金会，更进一步的推动友善于呃海洋的鲸豚观赏以及教育传承。我个人认为，在廖洪基的生命轨迹里，他持续对海洋的研究、写作以及热忱，慢慢的为台湾建立一种独特的海洋文学叙事。所以今天我也非常希望请他来谈谈他的个人与海洋的关系以及他的作品。另外，为了照顾我们英语系听众，我们也特别请到伦敦亚非学院的博士。专业中英呃中英翻译员张菲菲 ，Welcome to our podcast， 廖老师跟菲菲，欢迎两位。Hi， 呃，我是廖洪基，大家好。Hello，Hi everyone， 大家好，我是菲菲。Okay，So in the first part of our、uh, interview，I would like to engage a conversation with 呃廖洪基 about Taiwan's oceanic narrative。首先第一部分。呃，我们的访谈当中，我比较想要跟老师说的是，谈谈老师对台湾的海洋叙事。As our audience may not be so familiar with the concept of oceanic writing in Taiwan, would you kindly share what is oceanic writing in your opinion as a writer, and when and what kind of、uh, inspiration that you have、uh, for you to dedicate your writing on Taiwan's oceans and marine life? Is there any key moment that made you realize that? Um, this is what you would like to do as a writer's career path. 第一个问题，我是在想说，也许听众对于台湾海洋文学这个概念并不是这么的熟悉
。所以我想请老师分享一下，身为作家的你，怎么样子去定义海洋文学这一个词？那是在什么时候，或是呃什么样子的生命历程当中，呃，让您决心走向书写海洋跟海洋中的生物？是否有小故事可以跟我们的听众分享？当初您成为作家。什么样的动机促成您现在的作家这种呃职业的生涯？啊，好的，呃，我觉得海洋文学大概是以一个特定的海洋环境所产生的海洋文化当做题材，而且这样的文学作品必要彰显海洋精神啊，克服环境限制的海洋精神。呃，以我来讲，我觉得海洋文学的呃定义会是这样子的定义啊。那呃，我是三十岁的时候决定成为呃渔夫啊，到海上去捕鱼。到了海上之后，我没有想到的是，海上那一个世界，呃，所有的风景啊、呃，每一天的风景啊、呃，包括被我拉到甲板上的每一条鱼，都让我相当的惊奇，相当的惊艳。呃，因为过去在陆地生活比较少。少看到活着的鱼哈，那呃，到了海上，这一些新鲜的风景，我都很想跟人分享。所以回到陆地上，我会找我的朋友，跟他们讲今天到海上抓到了一条多么美丽的鱼，呃，或者是跟这些鱼有哪一些呃拉拔的过程啊哈，呃呃，当然想成。并不是想成为作家而去写作哈，而是因为我想更多的分享。过去我的语言有一些障碍，我没有办法完整的透过语言来做描述，所以我就开始用文字把今天海上经历的把它给写下来。啊，比如说我第一次到海上去，当渔夫第一次到海上去，呃，在黑潮流域的这个海域。船头常常会有飞鱼受到惊吓飞出海面，啊，那过去从来不知道鱼，呃，有着一对翅膀可以在海面上滑翔，所以心里面一定会有欢呼啊，会有欢呼。然后，呃，随后追着飞鱼的是一种鱼叫鬼头道，啊，那呃，我们捕的不是飞鱼，而是鬼头道。所以在跟鬼头刀拉拔的过程，也常常发现，当母鱼上钩，会有一条公鱼陪伴这一条母鱼到最后那一刻。那这个让我相当的动容啊！我觉得说，哎，呃，鱼怎么会有这样互相陪伴的情感呢？所以这么精彩的故事，我就很想把它给写下来啊！所以这是呃，关于海洋文学，关于为什么会书写海洋文学主要的原因。For oceanic literature, I will see it as a kind of literature that stems from a specific culture within a specific oceanic environment, and also、uh, I'll see it as this literature focusing on that kind of theme, on that culture of the specific oceanic environment, and also I think oceanic literature should describe a kind of ocean spirit. To break through the restriction imposed by the environment. So when I was 30 years old, I decided to become a fisherman to go to the sea and catch fish. And what I didn't expect、uh, was the beautiful scenery and how exciting it was every time I pulled the fish onto the deck. Every time it was a moment of amazement for me. And because when we were on the land, it was quite rare for us to see fish、uh, that are alive. And on the sea, I could I could feel the freshness brought by the scenery and brought by all the fish, which I really wanted to share with all of my friends. So. Every time after I finish an a C assignment, I will always talk to my friends and tell them about how beautiful the fish are, and tell them about how I had a battle trying to catch the fish, and that's how I started writing. I didn't write to become a writer. I just started writing because I wanted to share. In the past, I had some language difficulties, which made speaking a bit difficult for me. So I chose writing as a way to express myself. And also, when I went to the sea、um, in the colloquial current area, you can see a kind of flying fish jumping out of the the ocean. That was the first time when I realized and saw 
that uh, even the fish have a pair of wings, which is really fascinating. And also, we were trying to catch another kind of fish uh, in Chinese. It's called Gui Tou Dao. And every time when we try to catch this kind of fish, if a female fish is on hook, we can always see a male fish will stay there with the female fish to the last minute. So this emotions between the uh, male and female fish really moved me because um, it, it was really amazing to see how they accompany each other. So I really wanted to write down this kind of beautiful emotion. Um, so what I just said was basically what I think of the oceanic literature and how I started writing about oceanic literature. 原来如此。我不知道原来老师是这么样被呃海洋这个呃景色这样子影响，所以才才才想要呃想要成为作家的。Well, from now on, I see that basically, uh, Liao Hongji is basically moved by those beings in the marine, so that he decided to become a writer. That's really uh, that's really touching. In your view, second question: Is there now a established kind of uh oceanic narrative or oceanic discourse in Taiwan? And particularly in relations to Taiwan's culture, social, political identity. If there is, when do you think this moment arrived?、Um, or if you think there is not,、uh, would you say that it is important that Taiwan as a whole to work its way towards establishing such a narrative? 那我第二个问题呃想要问的是说，在您看来，台湾的社会是否已经有一种明确确立的海洋叙事，或是所谓的海洋论述，尤其？这种叙事在台湾的文化、社会、政治上的认同的展演，如果有的话，您认为这是什么时候呃发生的？呃，这样子的一种海洋身份认同在台湾被广泛认定。如果没有，您是否认为这个是未来台湾发展非常重要的一环？呃，台湾应该要确立自己的叙事取向。好的，呃，我觉得台湾毕竟就是一个四面环海的岛国，哈。那过去虽然很久很久以前，在我学生时代就已经听到很多政治人物像呼口号一样的，他们会说海洋立国啦，或者说台湾必须要走出去啦等等的，哈。可惜这一些在我的观察，大概都是沦为政治口号啦，啊，可能为了尽显等等的这一些。这么多年来，我一直觉得台湾虽然是一个深受海洋恩惠的一个海岛，哈，但是台湾社会跟海洋的关系一直处于一个不合理的关系，哈，就说大部分人是背对着海在生活，背对着海在认知这个社会，哈，那呃，大概我从1996年，也就是我到海上去。捕鱼哈，这把早早些年哈，这个一九九零左右，我开始零零星星的到海上去。一九九六年，我出版的第一本书就是《淘海人》这一本书，呃，然后接着就做《金屯观察》等等的哈。也就是我从大概一九九零年开始耕耘海洋这一块领域哈。那当然，当时我是觉得说，台湾要。要让台湾社会改变是多么不容易的一件事情，哈！毕竟，呃，传统这么的久，大家都习惯觉得海洋是个危险领域，哈。但是没有想到， 1996年开始耕耘之后，在2004年，哈，几年之后的2004年，呃，台湾的教育部竟然公布了一个叫《海洋教育政策白皮书》。啊，就是大力的主张推动2005年到2008年将海洋教育纳入教育的施政主轴。好，那呃，这个由由政府的资源来推动海洋教育，我觉得这个会会会是政府已经开始看见这是一件重要的事情。那台湾必须从不合理跟海洋关系的不合理，呃。渐渐的把它转成合理的对待关系，哈，那呃，当然海洋一定是一个海岛最大的发展机会跟最大的资产，不管从面积的比例，不管从呃资源的风寡，哈，大概都是海洋一定是一个岛国最大最大的机会，最大的资产，哈，那我觉得更重要的事情是，台湾必须开始。呃，发现自己独特的海洋文化这个部分哈，比如说以人文来说，呃，目前在台湾这座岛上生活的
不管是哪一族，我们的祖先们一定都是搭船来到这个海岛。发展这么多年之后，呃，台湾的海洋产业这个部分，比如说我们的渔业、我们的海运啊，都堪称是国际上一流的产业啊。而这些都呃日积月累，都已经形成非常非常独特的台湾海洋文化啊。那这个就是呃，能够让台湾岛上生活的人。回过头来来看见自己竟然拥有这么大的海洋资产，那呃就更容易让我们认同海洋是岛国不能呃缺少的一个部分。So of course Taiwan is a an island country surrounded by the ocean, surrounded by the sea. When I was still a student, I had already started hearing a lot of slogans made by the political figures, politicians. They will always say, "We need to make the country based on the ocean, and Taiwan needs to go out." But of course, I thought back then, I thought all of these were just political slogans, and actually. Uh, in all these years, I think that Taiwan has benefited greatly from the ocean, but、uh, we do not really have a very nice or close relationship with the ocean. We turn our back to the ocean. From 1990, I started had some、um, projects related to the ocean, and in 1996,、um, I officially became a fisherman and published my、uh, first book,、uh, Fisherman,、uh, titled Fisherman. And also, I started to do this whale and dolphin research. In the past. We can see that the Taiwanese people thought that the ocean was very dangerous. But what I didn't expect was that after I started、uh, these sea projects in 1996,、um, a few years later in 2004, the government released a White book about oceanic education policy. So it emphasized oceanic education as a key part、uh, in our education system. And from 2005、uh, and after that, the government had pushed、um, oceanic education greatly in Taiwan. So.、Um, This, I think, can really help us to deal with the relationship with the ocean. We can turn the distanced relationship into a more reasonable, close relationship with the ocean. And also, I think for an island country, the ocean has always meant great opportunities and wonderful resources.、Um, Also, I think Taiwan needs to discover its own unique oceanic culture.、Uh, so, in terms of the humanity perspective, no matter which ethnicity you are in Taiwan, I believe our ancestors all traveled here by boat. And also, we have a very developed oceanic industry, including fishing industry and sea transportation,、uh, which are all. Pioneering in the world, and these are all very special and unique to Taiwan. And I think everyone living on the island would be able to see that the ocean is a wonderful resource to us. So I just think this is something that we need to remember. It's very interesting、uh, to see that actually the oceanic narrative, according to Liao Hongji, only started、uh, around like two thousand or five, two thousand or eight. Um, it's quite new, actually. It's not that far away. Probably only fifteen years ago. This I think is very interesting. Teacher, as you mentioned, if the teacher thinks it was probably in the time of the 2005 to 2008 period that the ocean recognition or the ocean history happened, this is very recent. The second part of、uh, our podcast, I would like to move、um, to Liang Hongji's work. I wanted to ask him about his、uh, journey as a writer and some of his publications. 我们 podcast 的第二部分，我比较想要知道的是说，老师身为作家的呃写作历程跟他自己的出版品，他对他的想法。So、uh, the first question that I would like to ask、uh, Mr. Liang Hongji in this section, when you were writing Fisherman of the life story of whales and dolphins. Of course, there were moments you describe or portray the life story of those fishermen or cetaceans observer vividly. But I find that 
most intriguing part uh, that brings your readers closer to your works still largely rely on your presentations of a non-human's perspective, especially when you focus on the life experience of a fish or a cetacean. For example, you describe two ocean sunfish, also known as mola. Uh, one was caught by the fisherman, Uncle Haiyong, with a mechanic cook. While Uncle Haiyong tried to pull uh, the caught mola fish inch by inch to the boat, its partner clung onto it, refusing to be separated, despite it was not caught. Till the very end, when the two fish uh, were actually separated, the one that swam back into the ocean was described as losing its soul. It lingered around by the boat as if it were requesting the fisherman to return its partner. In this sort of representations, would you consider yourself a fish uh, when you are writing? And do you see and write about the world through this non-human perspective? Or do you believe that you are really like what you describe in your book, that you are the incarnations of a fish? Another thing, I see this style of writing is actually very similar to, uh, to the style of Tao writer Xiaman Ranpongwan uh, when he wrote The Eyes in the Sky. Would you think that this is kind of writing style comes from both of your passion and love to the ocean and in a way emerges as a universal characteristic of ocean, uh, oceanic writing style? 那在这个部分的第一个问题，我想要问老师的是说，当初写陶海人以及精神经世这一类的作品，当然这当中有很多琢磨于渔夫呃跟金屯观察者他们的生命刻画。但我觉得引人入胜，在读者走进老师的作品
的鱼都比较短命哈，但是呃，欢刺鱼它不大会挣扎，所以它呃被狩猎之后，其实它能够维持蛮长的生命。所以当被鱼标标中的这两条鱼沉下水面之后，那呃要把它拉出海面， 1 2 0 0公斤的鱼要把它拉出海面，其实是一两个钟头以上的时间啦。那标绳在我手上，我慢慢的拉，慢慢的拉。那一边，我当然想看见它浮出水面；另外一方面，呃，我也觉得跟它一起躺在海面相爱的伴侣，在这这么长的拉拔过程当中，呃，他会一直陪着他吗？还是早就已经掉头离开？那这个拉拔过程这个问题一直在我的心里面。所以，当他快拉出水面的时候，我会把头探出船舷外，我想看是一只浮上来，还是两只一起浮上来。Um, so the sunfish, what we would, we would describe it as the kind of fish that follows the fate. So if the fish struggles a lot when it gets caught,、uh, it normally will live, live shorter. But the sunfish doesn't do that. So after it's hunted, it can、uh, still live for quite a long period of time. And when we were catching the two fish, we were trying to pull the 1,200 kilos up to the deck. And it took a very long time. It took about one to two hours. I was pulling and pulling, and of course, I was expecting to see the fish、um, appearing at the surface of the ocean. But also, I was wondering if the partner is still staying with the other fish during this long journey of being pulled. Would would it still there?、Uh, would it? Stay there. So I always tried to see out、uh, on the ocean to see. Um, if the two fish are still together, 呃，有许多类似这样的经验啊，就是不管呃这宽车鱼是大是小，或者不管拉把的时间长或短啊，那最后浮到水面上，每一次都一样啊，一定是两只一起浮上来。意思就是说，他的伴侣，自由的伴侣，在水下是一直陪伴着他，一直在他的身边鼓励他。啊啊，坚持住生命，也许都还有机会哈、啊。那这样子的情谊了哈，两只鱼这样子的情谊，呃，当拉上水面，呃，当另外一只被我们用起重机拉到甲板上啊，他的伴侣就在船边不走啊。那有一次，甚至是我们载着一条捕猎的鱼要回港的途中，另外一条鱼是在船尾追着我们的船。啊，虽然它游泳速度快，呃，当然很快被我们摆脱了。但是，我想人都有同理心呐，啊，同理心，也就是说，如果我跟我的伴侣是这么的恩爱，然后被迫分离，啊，被迫分离，所以虽然当一个渔夫，呃，必要亲眼见识、见证这样的血腥，啊，但是我还是会带着同情嘛，哈、啊。就是同理心而引起的同情，也就是说，呃，我所有能够还的，大概是把它放在下一辈子吧。下一辈子如果让我当鱼的话，我愿意用下一辈子当鱼来还啊，还回这一刻的血腥猎杀。I've had a lot of similar experiences on the ocean, and for sunfish, no matter it's big or small, and no matter the time to pull it onto the deck is long or short,、um, every time when the fish emerged in the into the surface of the ocean, I always saw two fish. So the fish that was not caught, the free fish, the free partner, would always stay with the、uh, fish that was. Uh, hooked. It will always stay there and encourage the partner to maybe hold on for a bit longer. Maybe there will be another chance. So this is really moving emotion between the fish. And I remember at this time,、uh, I tried to pull the fish, a big fish,、uh, onto the deck. And then after that, the partner was stayed、uh, by the boat and didn't want to leave. After we set off, the fish was chasing the boat. And it was trying to follow us into the harbor, but of course it was not very quick. It was not swimming very fast, so we、uh, got rid of it very quickly. But、uh, still, I think as humans, we all have empathy. And if you 
have uh, someone that you deeply in love, uh, you deeply in love with, and you're forced to be separated from uh, this partner, then you will be very sad. So as a fisherman, I, of course, I had to see this gory, bloody scene, but still I have this empathy towards the fish. I think if I can pay something back, maybe I can do this in the next life. I can become a fish and pay the fish back, uh, pay them back for what I did in these um, glory, uh, gory and bloody scenes.天空的眼睛这一本书，我我没看过这一本书，所以我不是太知道呃香曼兰波安先生他如何呃呃用用类似这样的风格来书写海洋，但是呃我记得有一次他还曾经取笑我啊，说捕鱼又同情鱼，好
啊，所以他们在海上工作、海上作业，他们习惯使用的语言就是闽南话啊。我会我会想要用闽南话来呈现他们在海上生活或者对话，主要原因是我觉得第一线劳动者他们所使用的语言。啊，特别是呃专业用语，那、呃、或者是比较有智慧的这一些对话，我都觉得很美啊，很美啊。那呃这个部分如果用呃如果用呃我们台湾习惯的国语啊，就北京话来来描写的话，会失去很多味道。所以我觉得我很想原音重现嘛，啊，就是把他们在海上对话，呃，或者是他们呃。的一些行为，如果能够用，呃，他们经常使用的语言来呈现他们，我觉得是更有味道的。Indeed, for the fishermen working at the coastal area in Taiwan, most of them are, uh. Hokkien people, so I would say their working language is Hokkien.、Um, they use Hokkien as the main language for the to talk about their life and just anything on the sea. They have conversations in this language, and I think when I hear the front frontline sea workers having、um, conversations and talking about fishing jargons in Hokkien language, I thought it was really beautiful. So if you use Mandarin. To describe the scene, to tell their stories, I think you will lose some kind of flavors. So what I was trying to do was to reproduce their original sound, their original voice,、um, to reproduce the scenes using the Hokkien language because I think it gives、um, the writing an extra flavor. 当然，我觉得语言的使用它是一种习惯啊，这个社会习惯用怎么样的语言啊来做沟通啊。那呃，台湾因为教育的关系等等的，大概呃大概是杂着用了啊，杂着用。比如说，我记得小时候我看电视，特别是电视里面的连续剧啊，那呃都会把它分得很清楚啊，就是国语连续剧啊，闽南语连续剧啊。但但是我就小时候我就觉得很奇怪，就是说其实跟我们一般，呃，在使用的语言不大一样啊，因为呃，我我所接触的大概都是杂在一起讲，啊，可能几句话里面有国语，几句话里面有有有有闽南语啊。那但是台湾因为教育的关系，慢慢的、慢慢的，好像呃，闽南话被使用的程度就。越来比例越来越低，越来越少哈。虽然也有不少专家建议我，既然你在海上捕鱼，你跟台湾人相处，你也都能够用呃闽南话来做沟通跟书写，你为什么不全部把它转变成为闽南话？呃，用闽南语来做创作呢？哈，呃，但是如果我用了多一点的这个闽南语，呃，就会有很多读者会有阅读上的困难。啊，他们不会太清楚知道我用了这这一段啊，或者一个对话使用闽南话，他们往往就会卡在那里，他们没有办法顺利的阅读。那这就是一个现实的问题了。那如果我全部都用闽南话的话，我相信会呃，可能会有一些人觉得呃给我鼓励，给我掌声，但是会有一大部分人是无法阅读的啊。呃，也因为这样的原因，所以我是就是用台湾社会一般的习惯，就杂着用啊，杂着用。那到底是不是所有的海洋书写都必须用这样的方式？我也不见得，我我也不觉得一定是这样子啊。因为，呃，只要写到讨海人这个部分，在海上捕鱼讨海人第一线的劳动者，如果在形容他们的话，那他们的对话，我是尽量的能够用原因来重现他们当下的情境啊。那其他的领域，比如说黑潮漂流这一些，就比较少啊。有关于呃这个。这个渔夫的部分就比较会用呃大家所熟悉的语言来做创作。I think language is also a habit, and it reflects the social habit.、Um, for Taiwan, because of our education, I think what we do is、uh, usually mixing different languages. When I was young, I remember the TV dramas. They always separate Mandarin dramas and、uh, Hokkien dramas. I felt a bit strange about that because I think that way of talking was different from what we did in. 
in the daily life because in our real life we just mix the two languages together. Uh, we mix uh, sometimes we say a few words in Mandarin and sometimes we still say a few words in Hokkien. And also because of the education in Taiwan, I think we use Hokkien less and less. Many experts also suggested that uh, since I am a fisherman and I can use Hokkien language to talk to the fishermen and to write about their life, why not just write everything, write the whole passage or the whole story in the Hokkien language? Um, I think if I actually did that, it would cause a lot of uh, reading difficulties to the readers because they uh, couldn't read smoothly and couldn't understand what I'm writing. This is a very realistic issue. Of course, there would be people encouraging me to do so, but still, I think it will cause some difficulties for the readers to understand what I'm writing. And um, in terms of if all the oceanic writers or if all the oceanic writings should be in this way, I don't think so. For me, I don't write everything in Hokkien. When I was describing the frontline workers, the fishermen, I tried to write in Hokkien to reproduce their original sound, their original voice. But when I was writing something else, for example, when I was writing about the Kuloshio drifting, I didn't choose Hokkien. That's basically it. So, follow up with uh, minor questions about your publications, especially recent publications, um, uh, The Last Hunter on the Sea. You have decided to take on a more fictional writing form. I know that you mentioned it was during COVID pandemic that allowed you more time to work on fictional form of writing. Would you say that in the future you would like to write more fictional works and you enjoy the process more than writing essays and prose? 跟老师发了一个比较小的问题 不去因为工作的关系，时间被切割的比较零零碎。好，那零碎就比较适合写这种片段式的或者片段呃情境的组合，大概就是所谓的散文了哈，比较写实的散文。那呃有时间的话，特别是当我写了最后的《海上猎人
as well as, as we all know that uh, Liao Hongji, he's not just a writer, but also a found, uh, forerunner of for Pacific Oceanic uh, Conservation. 最后一个部分，我想要问问的是关于海洋保育的问题。我们都知道廖宏基并不是只是作家而已，他也是积极参与太平洋海洋保育的重要先驱。So you have founded uh, the Kuroshia Ocean Education Foundation. At the start, the foundation focused more on whale watching and the education of cetacean species in the Pacific Ocean. Now we know that this runs quite successfully in Taiwan. Can you tell us a bit more about what other future projects that the Kuroshiwa Foundation is committed to do? For example, are they thinking to deal with the Great Pacific Garbage Patch or coral reef uh, bleaching issues or developing other different kind of education program for uh, some marine species other than cetacean? Are you personally involved in any of these projects? 最后一个问题我想要问的是说您所成立的海洋黑潮文教基金会在早期是比较着重于精屯观察跟精屯教育我们也知道这个在台湾做的非常的成功但是我想要请老师跟我们听众分享的是说未来黑潮基金会是否有
And also from this year, we will have a new project called Visiting the Pacific Sperm Whales. The sperm whales always appear at the coastal area of Taiwan. And I think the friends visit us so often, but the Taiwanese society doesn't really know much about these friends. So what I want to do is to uh, drive a boat to visit these friends and to let the Taiwanese society Be aware of what's happening about these friends. 呃，像这样子的计划，呃，过去也都是我个人发现，然后去做了有基础之后，然后再跟呃黑潮基金会他们会跟上啊，跟上。所以目前做拜访太平洋抹香鲸的计划跟黑潮基金会就完全无关，就是我个人先做呃一个开头。For the past projects, I always just started them myself, and then the、uh, Colossal Foundation would get involved in later. So this visiting Pacific sperm whales project、uh, is at this stage irrelevant to the foundation. It's、uh, totally on my own. Thank you so much、uh, for both of you, Fei Fei and Liao Hongji's、uh, contribution to today's、uh, book chat.、Uh, it was amazing、uh, to talk to both of you, and I certainly learned a lot about、uh, more things about Liao Hongji's、uh, writing style and、uh, the things that he will、uh, continue to do for Taiwan's、uh, sea territory. At the end of our podcast, I simply wanted to say, extended my appreciations, and、uh, hopefully see our、um, listener, our audience next time in our Taiwan on Air podcast. 那今天就非常谢谢廖宏基老师以及呃菲菲来参与我们的呃 podcast 的录制。嗯，最后我只是想要说一声谢谢，我自己也觉得今天的录制当中学到了非常非常多，老师的写作部分以及老师对于台湾沿海部分所做的努力的推动。最后想要跟我们的听众说一声再见，那也希望可以跟大家下次再一起回到空中直播台湾。谢谢，谢谢。遗憾，谢谢菲菲。谢谢 ，Thank you。